A digital nomad is a person who is able to work remotely using technology and the internet, and who chooses to travel and live in different places around the world. Welcome to Opportuno, episode 39, Minimalist Digital Nomad. This is the first in a series of what I will simply call Conversations. Even though the story is fictitious, the conversations are written as a verisimilitude, meaning the characters, subjects, events, and details may not be true, but are intended to be similar to a real-life story. Now, on to the conversation entitled Minimalist Digital Nomad. Today, we have the honor, privilege, and pleasure of an online interview with Cody Westerly. I would take up most of this podcast to adequately describe the life of Cody Westerly. I'll just say that Cody is a digital nomad who is also a minimalist, traveling all over the world for the last 20 years, living out of his backpack. All essentials for living, including all equipment used to produce his podcast and YouTube channel, are all in one backpack. Without taking any more time away from hearing from Cody, I introduce to you, Cody Westerly. How are you today, Cody? I'm doing great. I trust you are. Two, thank you for such a wonderful introduction. I'll tell you a little information about my lifestyle. As a minimalist, I have chosen to live a simple life with only what is necessary to go about my daily activities. My lifestyle as a digital nomad, traveling the world and documenting my experiences through podcasting and vlogging, has allowed me to embrace minimalism in a unique way. I only take with me the essentials, such as a backpack, video camera, laptop, and other necessities, all fitting into one backpack. By only keeping things that serve a purpose, I am able to focus on the things that matter to me, such as meeting new people, experiencing different cultures, and exploring new places. Over the last 20 years of traveling, I have gained wisdom on minimalism, podcasting, and vlogging, as well as becoming a food expert on different cultural foods and cultures. And as a storyteller, I am able to share my knowledge and experiences in an interesting and engaging way. Is there a specific question or topic you would like me to address? I understand you have traveled all over the world. Could you tell me a story of one of your most memorable and meaningful travel adventures? One of my most memorable and meaningful travel adventures was when I visited a small village in India. I had heard about this village from a friend who had visited there years before and had spoken highly of the community and the culture. I arrived in the village with just my backpack and my video camera, eager to document my experiences and share them with my audience. The villagers were incredibly welcoming and kind, and they showed me around the village, introducing me to their way of life. I was struck by the simplicity of their lives and how content they were with so little. They had a strong sense of community and shared everything they had with each other. I saw firsthand how minimalism in possessions does not mean a lack of richness in life experiences. They had a deep respect for nature and lived in harmony with the environment. One of the highlights of my visit was attending a traditional festival in the village. It was an explosion of color, music, and dance. I have never experienced anything quite like it before. The entire village came together to celebrate, and I felt like a part of the community. During my visit, I also had the opportunity to learn about the traditional food of the village. 
I was amazed by the delicious and flavorful dishes made with simple ingredients. I also learned how to cook some of the dishes and shared with the villagers. The experience was truly eye-opening and touched me deeply. It showed me how little one truly needs to be happy and fulfilled, and how much can be gained from living a simple life in harmony with one's community and the environment. It was a reminder that our possessions do not define us and that true richness can be found in experiences and relationships. I imagine, being a minimalist, requires you to budget your money. Do you ever need to camp outdoors, to conserve your money, and if so, could you tell me a little about how you set up camp? For example, do you have a tent to sleep in, how do you cook outdoors, etc.? As a minimalist traveler, I try to conserve my money as much as possible. One way I do this is by camping outdoors instead of staying in hotels or hostels. Camping allows me to save money on accommodations and also provides a unique and immersive experience in nature. When I camp, I bring a lightweight backpacking tent with me, as well as a lightweight sleeping bag and a sleeping pad, for added comfort. The tent is small and easy to set up, and it keeps me protected from the elements. For cooking outdoors, I bring a small camping stove that runs on propane. It is easy to use and allows me to cook simple meals such as soups, pasta, and rice dishes. I also bring a small pot and pan for cooking, and a camping cookware set which includes a plate, cup and utensils, all of which are lightweight and compact. My favorite ways of cooking are stir-frying and steaming. For stir-frying I prefer using a wok. The optimal size wok, for one person, or a family, is a 13-inch or 14-inch diameter wok, using a Chinese wok spatula, 16 inches in length. For steaming, I can steam with a wok or pan, that has a lid, or use a pressure cooker. I prefer all my cookware, such as a wok or pressure cooker, to be made of stainless steel, and my Chinese wok spatula, to also, be made of stainless steel. When the only choice I have, is to carry all my possessions, in my backpack, I use, a small stainless steel wok, having a diameter of 10 inches, with a removable handle. If I'll be staying, at one location, several weeks, I'll invest in a larger stainless steel wok, with a diameter of 13 inches or 14 inches, or purchase a stainless steel pressure cooker, and upon leaving, if traveling on foot, will simply donate my cookware, to someone that would enjoy it, and repurchase cookware, later on in my journey. The cost savings, of home cooking, far exceeds the cost, of eating out, so purchasing another wok or pressure cooker every so often, is really not a problem. Sometimes, I just simply pack up some of my possessions, and ship them ahead of leaving for my destination, and that way, I don't have to worry, about carrying those items in my backpack, and they will be there, waiting on me when I arrive at my new destination. Learning how to cook, and having a regular routine of cooking, is a very important part, of ensuring you are eating not only economically, but also eating healthy. If you only can choose one pan, then choose a wok. With a wok, you can stir-fry and cook stews and soups. If your wok has a lid, you can easily steam food. There is even a technique, where you can stir-fry, only with water which, in effect, steams your food. You can even bake food in a wok, like bread, if you have a larger oven, to place your wok in. I believe in keeping life as simple as possible. There is a term, called, one-burner cooking. Just using one burner, 
such as a portable one burner using gas, wood, electricity, etc., you can make out quite well using just one pan cooking on one burner. For instruction on wok cooking, I recommend you watch Chef Tak Chung's Wok with Tak YouTube channel, spelled W O K W I T H T A K. For learning about one burner cooking while backpacking or traveling only with your backpack, you might want to purchase the book Cooking the One Burner Way by Buck Tilton. Whether you choose a manual pressure cooker that does not require electricity or an electric pressure cooker like the Instant Pot, YouTube has many YouTube channels that will teach you how to use a pressure cooker. I make sure to bring enough food, water and a water filter and purification tablets to last me for the duration of my camping trip. By keeping my camping gear minimal and lightweight, I am able to easily transport everything I need on my back and set up camp quickly and efficiently. This allows me to focus on enjoying my surroundings and experiencing the beauty of nature. Camping sounds like a wonderful way to enjoy the outdoors. What is your main mode of transportation? Do you own a vehicle? As a minimalist and digital nomad, I do not own a vehicle. Instead, I rely on a combination of transportation methods to get around. My main mode of transportation is usually by foot, bike or public transportation. This allows me to save money and also to experience the local culture and environment more intimately. When I am going to a faraway place, I prefer to take a train or a bus, as it is more environmentally friendly and allows me to enjoy the scenery. In some places, I also use ride-sharing services like Uber or Grab, it can be a more economical and convenient way of getting around, especially in cities. By not owning a vehicle, I am able to save money on maintenance and insurance costs, and also reduce my environmental impact. It also allows me to be more flexible and adaptable to the different transportation options available in the places I visit. The term, digital nomad, is a fairly new designation, of a person, in this digital age of technology. Please provide a definition for digital nomad, and provide a real-life example, of the lifestyle, of a digital nomad. A digital nomad is a person who is able to work remotely using technology and the internet, and who chooses to travel and live in different places around the world, often while working on the road. Digital nomads are often entrepreneurs, freelancers, or remote workers who are not tied down to a specific location and are able to earn a living while traveling. A real-life example of a digital nomad could be a freelance graphic designer who works on various projects for clients all over the world. This designer could be based in one city one month, then in another city the next month. They would work on their projects while on the go, using their laptop and internet connection. They could also have meetings with clients via video conferencing and use cloud-based tools to collaborate with colleagues. Another example could be a writer who travels around the world while working on their books or articles. They might spend a few weeks in one location, researching and writing before moving on to another place to continue their work. They could also use the internet to submit their work and communicate with their editors. Being a digital nomad allows for a lot of freedom and flexibility, as well as the opportunity to see different parts of the world and experience different cultures. However, it also requires a certain level of self-discipline and organization to be able to manage one's work and travel effectively. I understand, you are fluent in several languages. I would imagine, being fluent in the native language, where you are traveling, 
allows you many more opportunities to meet new people, learn about their culture, and to enjoy their food and traditions. The linguist, Stephen Krashen, author of the book Free Voluntary Reading, is a proponent of using extensive reading as one of the ways to learn another language. Some may even say that extensive reading is the best way to learn another language. Extensive reading would be reading many books, newspapers, etc. that are relatively easy to understand. Could you elaborate on the methods you've used to learn other languages and what you might think of using extensive reading to help learn another language? Regarding the methods that I have used to learn other languages, I can tell you that one of the most effective ways to learn a new language is through immersion. By being surrounded by the language and using it in real-life situations, people can learn the language quickly and naturally. This can be achieved through living in a country where the language is spoken, taking classes, or even just interacting with native speakers. Another effective method is using a language learning app, such as Duolingo, Rosetta Stone, or Barbell, which can help people to learn the basics of a language and provide them with a solid foundation. There are many people you can hire on places like 5r.com to provide one-on-one foreign language instruction. If you have an interest in learning Spanish, I do know of a gentleman, Miguel Lear, from Mexico, that offers free and paid courses, as well as online video conferences. Please check out his website, SpanishForYourJob.com, for more information, how he can help you become fluent in Spanish. Regarding the use of extensive reading to help learn another language, it is a method that is based on the idea that by reading many books, newspapers, etc. that are relatively easy to understand, people can improve their language skills. This method is based on the idea that by reading extensively, people will encounter new vocabulary and grammar structures and will become more familiar with the language. It is also believed that by reading extensively, people will become more confident in their ability to understand the language, and this will help them to improve their speaking and writing skills. Overall, extensive reading can be a valuable tool for language learners, but it should be used in conjunction with other methods such as immersion and language classes in order to achieve fluency. What type content do you provide on your podcast and YouTube channel? My content varies, depending on what part of the world I'm in or what most interests me. I perhaps naively assume if the content interests me, other people will find the same content interesting as well. What interests me is interaction with people and their cultural differences as compared to other cultures, such as their food, dance and customs. Also, I want to share the beauty of nature with others. So, I guess you could say that the content of my podcast and YouTube channel is about all the wonderful people found all over the world and the beauty of the world that surrounds us all. That's a brief description of the type content I produce. The following describes types of content that is typically shared on podcasts and YouTube channels by digital nomads and minimalists. On a podcast or YouTube channel, the content may include travel vlogs and podcasts, where the host shares their experiences and insights about the places they visit and the people they meet, often including interesting stories and tips for other travelers. Minimalism and lifestyle content, where the host shares their personal journey and tips on living a simpler and more fulfilling life, decluttering, and downsizing possessions. Cultural content, where the host shares their knowledge and insights about the cultures and customs of the places they visit, including food, traditions, and history. 
entrepreneurship content, where the host shares their experiences and tips on building a business or earning a living while traveling, including remote work, freelancing, and digital nomad lifestyle. Personal development content, where the host shares their insights and tips on how to improve oneself, such as self-care, mindfulness, and personal growth. Overall, the content of a podcast or YouTube channel by a digital nomad and minimalist is likely to be a combination of travel, lifestyle, and personal development, with the goal of inspiring and informing others to live more meaningful, fulfilling, and adventurous lives. Food plays a big part in the makeup of someone's cultural heritage. Do you ever have the opportunity to cook various foods from different cultures around the world? Also, could you share with me one of your most favorite cultural meals, and perhaps a story, of sharing a meal with people, from a different culture, other than your own? As a minimalist, digital nomad, podcaster, and YouTuber, I have had the opportunity to try many different cultural foods from around the world. One of my favorite cultural meals is a dish called pho from Vietnam. Pho is a type of noodle soup, made with rice noodles, herbs, and a variety of meats such as beef or chicken. The broth is made by simmering bones for hours, which gives it a rich and savory flavor. I love the balance of flavors and the simplicity of the dish. Pho is a very popular street food, and it is a great way to experience the local culture and interact with the locals. One of the most memorable meals I have shared with people from another culture was in a small village in India. I was invited to a traditional meal with a local family. The meal was served on a banana leaf, and it included a variety of vegetarian dishes, such as dal, rice, and vegetables. The food was absolutely delicious and was made with fresh and simple ingredients. I was struck by the hospitality and generosity of the family, who shared their food and their culture with me. During the meal, we talked and laughed, and I felt like I was part of the family. It was a wonderful and unforgettable experience, that allowed me to connect with the people and their culture on a deeper level. Sharing a meal with people from another culture is a powerful way to connect and understand the way of life of others. I know, you need some money, for food and other necessities of life. For someone, that may not have much money, or may not even currently have a job, what type of jobs are available, for a digital nomad, and do you need a lot of money, just to start right away, traveling, and living the lifestyle of a digital nomad? There are a variety of jobs that are available for digital nomads, as long as they have a reliable internet connection. Some popular options include Remote work, such as working as a virtual assistant, customer service representative, or web developer for a company based in another country. Freelancing, such as writing, graphic design, photography, or programming. Online teaching, such as teaching English as a second language or tutoring. E-commerce, such as starting an online store or dropshipping. Blogging, podcasting, and YouTube, where one can earn revenue through sponsored content, affiliate marketing, and advertising. It is important to note that starting a digital nomad lifestyle may require some initial investment, such as purchasing a laptop and other necessary equipment, as well as setting aside money for accommodations and food while traveling. However, Many digital nomads are able to earn enough money to cover their expenses while also saving for future travel. It also depends on the cost of living of the place where you choose to live, some places are more affordable than others. Overall, 
becoming a digital nomad does not require a significant amount of money to start, but it does require a significant amount of motivation, planning, and flexibility. It is important for someone considering this lifestyle to research and plan their finances, accommodations, and job opportunities before making the transition. If you need help to learn how to work anywhere in the world where location does not matter, as long as you have access to the internet, I recommend you consider purchasing the online income e-course entitled Live Abroad Now Anywhere, available from the website liveabroadnow.com. This e-course is offered by JP and Amelia, formerly living in the United States, but now full-time Ecuadorians, living in Ecuador, making a full-time living by working online. I know, a minimalist should not spend money unnecessarily. Some expenses in life, such as learning valuable information from someone that is knowledgeable in the skill set you wish to learn, is money well spent. A quote by Benjamin Franklin reads as follows, an investment in education gives the best returns. End of quote. If you had to relive the last 20 years, you've been traveling as a digital nomad, would you still choose the lifestyle of being a digital nomad? In other words, any regrets for living the life of a digital nomad? Do the pros of being a digital nomad outweigh the cons? For those that might be interested in being a digital nomad, could you go over some of the pros and cons of full-time digital nomad living? I don't like to look back and regret things I cannot change. I would like to think I can live true to the words in a portion of the Serenity Prayer by Reinhold Niebuhr, which reads as follows. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, taking this world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. End of quote. However, I can provide information on the pros and cons of being a full-time digital nomad based on my experience and what people have shared. Pros of being a digital nomad include the freedom and flexibility to travel and live in different places around the world, the opportunity to experience different cultures and ways of life, the ability to earn a living while traveling, the potential for personal and professional growth, the chance to meet and connect with people from all over the world. Cons of being a digital nomad include the lack of a permanent home and sense of community, the need to constantly adapt to new environments and cultures, the potential for feelings of isolation and loneliness, the need to constantly manage finances and plan for accommodations, the difficulty of maintaining relationships with friends and family the potential for burnout and the need to take time off. For someone considering the lifestyle of a digital nomad, it is important to weigh the pros and cons and consider their personal goals and priorities. It is also important to be aware of the challenges and be prepared to face them. Being a digital nomad is not for everyone, it requires a certain level of flexibility and independence, but for many, the benefits outweigh the cons. In what part of the world are you located now? And, where in the world, do you plan on traveling to next? As a digital nomad, I am currently located in Santa Marta, Colombia, South America, a city on Santa Marta Bay on the, the coast of the Caribbean. 
I just happened to be talking with someone on the phone from Colombia, South America and asked them where I should visit in Colombia, South America, and they suggested Santa Marta, Colombia and Cartagena, Colombia. I plan to visit both cities, but now I'm in Santa Marta, Colombia. I have enjoyed traveling in each country of South America and very much appreciate and enjoy Hispanic culture all over South America and around the world. In fact, Spanish is the second most spoken native language in the world, second only to Mandarin Chinese. As a digital nomad, I can work from most anywhere in the world that has an internet connection. Usually, my work is not dependent on my location in the world. If I like it here in Santa Marta, Colombia, I may stay several weeks or several months. When I get ready to move on or hear about another interesting place to live, I'll just move there and continue working, utilizing the internet. I am constantly on the move and I do not have a permanent location. I am always seeking new and exciting places to explore, and I am currently planning my next trip to the Philippines to stay at Peter's Dive Resort, located at Southern Leyte in the Philippines. The hotel rooms are very economical and suitable for an extended stay. Equally important to a digital nomad is that they have Wi-Fi. Some of my activities while there will be snorkeling and enjoying the ocean, plus cooking with fresh fish. Fruits and vegetables, and hopefully writing another book. You can check out Peter's Dive Resort from their website, Peter's Dive Resort, P H dot C O M. My travel destination could be anywhere in the world. Where I travel to depends on my personal preferences, my budget, and the current situation of the world, or any other reason that could affect my travel plans. I also take into consideration the cultural and natural attractions, the cost of living, and the safety of the place. I am always open to new experiences and adventures, and I am excited to see where my travels will take me next. Some people may be listening to this podcast and like the idea of being a digital nomad, but they are married, and many are married with children. Are you aware of married couples, even married couples with children, that are living their lives as digital nomads? Yes, it is quite common for married couples, even married couples with children, to travel together when one or more of the family members receives some type of income from working remotely online. Many times, both the husband and wife both participate in working remotely online, and sometimes even the children can help in the online business, teaching children valuable skills needed to work remotely online as digital nomads. Will help them as adults to work remotely from any location in the world. Traveling is a skill. It takes thought, imagination, and planning to be a good traveler. Also, I can think of no better way to learn of other cultures or learn other languages than to immerse yourself in a different culture other than your own culture. I like the following quotes about how travel can be a positive influence in a child's education. The following quote. Is attributed to the renowned writer, theologian, rhetorician, and preacher Saint Augustine of Hippo in the third century A.D., with the region once known as Hippo now being known as Anaba, Algeria. The world is a book, and those who do not travel read only one page. End of quote. Also, a quote by Mark Patterson, a pastor 
an author of dozens of books, said the following. The best education you will ever get is traveling. Nothing teaches you more than exploring the world and accumulating experiences. End of quote. And, the quote by Frank Lloyd, an influential and well-known photographer, said the following. Travel is like an endless university. You never stop learning. End of quote. It's becoming increasingly common for families, friends and co-workers, who have adopted the digital nomad lifestyle, to travel together while working remotely. These families often prioritize experiences over possessions and have chosen to live a more nomadic lifestyle in order to have more flexibility, create memories and expose their children to different cultures. They can find ways to make it work, for example by homeschooling their children, or enrolling them in international schools. Some families even use their digital nomad lifestyle as an opportunity to bond and spend more time together as a family. It's worth noting that the digital nomad lifestyle is not for everyone and it can come with its own set of challenges, such as finding suitable places to live and work, maintaining relationships back home and finding the right balance between work and family. But for those who are willing to adapt and be flexible, it can be a rewarding and enriching experience for the whole family. Here in the United States, there is a growing trend for people to live full-time in recreational vehicles, also known as RVs, partly due to high housing cost and partly due to people liking the lifestyle of being able to move to a different location just by moving their home. The word tribe has been coined among RVers to mean that multiple people and or families all travel together, with everyone traveling together, being a part of that tribe. Do you know several digital nomad people or several digital nomad families that travel together around the world as a tribe of digital nomads? There is a trend that people are living full-time in recreational vehicles, also known as RVs, in the United States and other countries. I also know that this lifestyle is becoming increasingly popular among digital nomads. Many digital nomads find that traveling in an RV allows them to have the freedom to move around to different locations while also having a comfortable home base. The term tribe you mentioned is used to describe groups of people, typically RVs or digital nomads, who travel together. They share the same lifestyle and values and often support each other in their travels. I know of several groups of digital nomads who travel together as a tribe. They often share resources, such as finding places to park their RVs, and help each other with technical issues, and share experiences, and create a sense of community and support. They also may share costs of traveling, like parking and maintenance. Digital nomads, that travel the world, rarely own any type of vehicle, such as an RV. However, there are tribes of digital nomads, that still travel together, and live in the same communities, as they travel. The advantage of traveling as a tribe is that it can be less lonely, and they can learn from each other's experiences, and share ideas and tips. They may also have a sense of security and safety, knowing that they are traveling with people they know. Also, they can have a sense of community, and support system, in a foreign place. What are the advantages for digital nomads, traveling together as a tribe? The advantages of digital nomads, traveling as a tribe can include Shared resources, traveling as a tribe allows for shared resources such as accommodation, transportation, and internet connectivity. Support system, having a group of people to travel with can provide a sense of security and support, especially in unfamiliar or foreign places. Community, traveling as a tribe can create a sense of community and belonging, 
which can help alleviate feelings of loneliness or isolation that can come with the digital nomad lifestyle. Shared experiences, being part of a tribe allows for the sharing of experiences and knowledge, which can lead to personal growth and learning. Cost savings, traveling in a group can often result in cost savings, such as shared accommodation costs and split transportation costs. Safety, safety in numbers, it is always good to have someone to look out for each other and have a sense of security. And companionship, having a group of people to share your experiences with can make the journey more enjoyable. It's worth noting that traveling as a tribe may not be for everyone and it does come with its own set of challenges, such as coordinating schedules and finding common interests with the members of the tribe. But for those who are looking for a sense of community, support, and shared experiences, it can be a great way to travel. Could you share with me how digital nomads, having school-age children, could provide a proper education for their children when moving from place to place so much? Digital nomads with school-age children have a few options for providing a proper education for their children while traveling. These include Number 1. Homeschooling. Homeschooling allows for the flexibility to tailor the curriculum to the child's individual needs and interests, and can be done anywhere with an internet connection. Digital nomads can also enroll their children in online classes or virtual schools that offer a curriculum aligned with their home country's education system. Number 2. Enrolling in international schools. Some digital nomads opt to enroll their children in international schools, which are located in many cities around the world. These schools often offer a curriculum aligned with the child's home country and provide a more traditional school experience. Number 3. Unschooling. Unschooling is a form of homeschooling that focuses on self-directed, experimental learning. It's a child-led education where the child decides what they want to learn and the parent facilitates it. This could be an option for some digital nomads. Number 4. Combination of the above. Some digital nomads use a combination of these options, such as homeschooling during travel and enrolling in an international school when they stay in one place for an extended period of time. And number five, road schooling. This is an option for families traveling in RVs, which means they are homeschooling while on the road. It's important to note that regardless of the option chosen, digital nomads need to research and be aware of the education laws and regulations of the countries they plan to visit, as they may differ from their home country. It's also important to consider the child's individual needs and preferences, and to communicate openly with them about their education. This can help ensure that the child is happy and engaged, and that the family is able to continue traveling and working as digital nomads. When traveling, as a tribe of digital nomads, could you share some ideas, how you might designate leaders, and determine, when and where the next move will be? In general, what would be the best way, for a tribe, to make unilateral decisions together, that would be mutually beneficial for everyone in the tribe? When traveling as a tribe of digital nomads, it's important to establish clear lines of communication and decision-making processes from the beginning. Here are a few ideas for designating leaders and determining the next move as a tribe. Number 1. Consensus-based decision-making. This approach involves gathering input and ideas from every member of the tribe and working together to reach a decision that is mutually beneficial for everyone. This can be done through regular meetings or discussions, and can help ensure that everyone's needs and preferences are taken into account when making decisions. Number 2. Rotating leadership. In this approach, 
different members of the tribe take on leadership roles at different times. This allows for different perspectives and leadership styles to be utilized, and can also help prevent burnout among any one leader. Number 3. Elected leadership. This approach involves the tribe members to vote on a leader or leaders. This method can be useful for bigger tribes or when there are conflicts. Number 4. Clear communication. It's important to establish clear channels of communication for the tribe, such as regular meetings, group chats, or email threads, to ensure that everyone is on the same page and able to voice their ideas and concerns. And number five, flexibility. Being a digital nomad is all about flexibility, and it's important for the tribe to be able to adapt to changing circumstances. Being open to new opportunities and experiences can help ensure that the tribe is able to make the most of their travels. Ultimately, the best way for a tribe to make decisions together is to establish clear communication channels, be open to different perspectives, and be willing to make compromises. It's also important to keep in mind that it's normal for there to be disagreements and conflicts, but these can be overcome through open and honest communication, and with the understanding that the goal is to make decisions that are mutually beneficial for everyone in the tribe. How are you able to network with so many fellow digital nomads you've met over the years? Digital nomads are some of the best communicators in the world. Digital nomads have perfected how to communicate remotely with other people, almost to the point where I feel I'm in the same room with someone I'm communicating with, even if they are on the other side of the world. I can work days and weeks without meeting someone in person. There are so many different ways you can communicate digitally online. You feel like you are there in their company when communicating regardless how far their physical location is away from you. My main tools for keeping up with my network would be by email and by bulk email when emailing many people simultaneously and a free form database such as MyBase available from the website wjjsoft.com and a mind map such as SimpleMind available from the website simplemind.eu. Several years ago, I planned a destination to the island of Paros, centrally located in the Aegean Sea, in Greece. The Aegean Sea has about 6,000 islands, with only about 227 of the approximate 6,000 islands being inhabited. About one month before setting out for the island of Paros, I emailed a bulk email when I would be on the island of Paros in Greece. At that time, I had an email list of about 2,700 friends and associates I had known over the years. I emailed my entire email list and told them the hotel I would be at on the island of Paros and the dates I'd be there. That hotel was almost instantly fully booked. The first time in years that hotel had no vacancies and several of the nearby hotels became fully booked as well just from me sending out one bulk email. I estimate there were about 350 total digital nomads that ended up coming to the island of Paros as a direct result of my email, and after three months, about 100 of us digital nomads were still there on the island of Paros, enjoying Greece, and getting lots of online work accomplished at the same time. Even when people break away from traveling as a tribe, it still seems like you are a part of that tribe, because it is so very easy to keep the lines of communication open with them. Different digital nomads have different abilities and talents. Knowing the talents of different nomads allows you to take on almost any project 
by collaborating one project with other digital nomads and combining many talents of many digital nomads to complete one project. Having good networking skills allows you to take on most any assignment simply by knowing and utilizing the individual talents and skills of many digital nomads that will all work together to complete the same project. Networking is often thought of as just being used for business, but networking is also useful to network with friends, family, associates and strangers. I sense, by how you still live frugally, that even though you have worked steadily, as a digital nomad, you still live a very affordable lifestyle, camping out many days of the year, and buying only the essentials of life. Do you live a frugal minimalist lifestyle, because you do not have money to do otherwise, or do you live a frugal lifestyle, by choice? As a minimalist, I strive to live a simple and purposeful life, and I believe that having less allows me to focus on what truly matters. I have chosen to live a frugal minimalist lifestyle, not because I cannot afford to do otherwise, but because it aligns with my values and allows me to live in a way that is consistent with my beliefs. For me, camping out and buying only the essentials aligns with my minimalist philosophy, as it allows me to minimize my material possessions and focus on experiences and connecting with people and nature. It also allows me to save money and use it in a way that aligns with my values, such as helping others or investing in experiences and knowledge. Overall, I believe that living a frugal minimalist lifestyle brings balance and fulfillment, and it is a conscious choice, not a necessity. It allows me to live a more meaningful and fulfilling life, and to use my resources in a way that aligns with my values and beliefs. Since you seem to travel in regions of the world that provide affordable living, do you ever get a chance to help others financially and otherwise that are in a less fortunate situation than you are out the abundance of the money that you earn and with the extra time that you may have? If so, can you give me some meaningful examples of how you have helped people you encounter along your travels? As a minimalist, I believe in living simply and having only what I need to go about my daily life. I also believe in using my resources to help others who are in need. However, in general, many digital nomads, while they travel, they try to make a positive impact on the communities they visit, by volunteering their time and skills, or by supporting local organizations that are working to improve the lives of people in need. Here are some examples of ways that digital nomads may help others. Volunteering at a local school or community center to teach English or other skills. Donating money or supplies to local charities or non-profit organizations. Supporting local businesses and artisans by buying their products and promoting their work. Volunteering with environmental organizations to help protect natural resources and wildlife. Participating in community service projects, such as building homes or schools for people in need. By living a minimalist lifestyle, Digital nomads often have more time and money to invest in causes they believe in, and they can make a meaningful impact on the communities they visit, and they can also learn more about the local culture and the way of life of the people they're helping. Can you tell me one specific story where you've been able to help someone along your travels to change their course of life for the better? Once I met a young girl in a rural village who was not able to attend school because her family could not afford the school fees. Moved by her situation, I decided to sponsor her education and paid for her school fees, books, and uniforms. Through this support, the girl was able to attend school and she was able to change her course of life for the better. She was able to receive an education, which improved her opportunities for the future and helped her break the cycle of poverty in her family.
As a result of her education, she had a chance to go to college and pursue a degree, which increased her chances of finding a well-paying job and also allowed her to give back to her community. This simple act of providing a way for her to receive an education not only changed this young girl's life, but also the lives of her family and her community. I could have just as easily kept the money I spent, but even if I kept the money, I don't see that I would want to live any other way that I am living now. It is much more emotionally distressing to have more than I need, while others are in want, and I know I have the means, financially or otherwise, to make a difference in their lives for the better. There is something about giving to those in need that will enrich your life far beyond having more money and material possessions for your own use. Several verses in the Bible come to mind, and those verses are in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, that reads as follows. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. End of quote. And in the book of Luke, chapter 3, verse 11, the answer of Jesus, that reads as follows. He answereth and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. End of quote. And, to remember, everywhere you travel, with everyone you meet, to practice, what is commonly called the golden rule, found in the words of Jesus, in the Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 31 that reads as follows. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. End of quote. If someone along your travels, is in need, simply picture, yourself in that same circumstance, and how you would want others to treat you, and then treat them accordingly, as best you can, with what you have. Please tell me what it was like, and the story, of how you first made that decision, to literally, walk away from, your formal life, to venture out into unknown parts of the world, to become a digital nomad. Also, knowing what you know now, list steps, you would suggest, for someone wanting to become a digital nomad. Why someone might want to walk away from a former life, will differ, depending on each person's specific circumstances. Everyone has their own reasons, why they want to strike out on their own to see the world. My decision to become a digital nomad is driven by a desire for more freedom and flexibility, a curiosity to see the world and experience new cultures, and a need for a change my current lifestyle. And, my desire, to share my adventures with others, influenced me, to start a podcast and YouTube channel, to share my adventures with others. It can be a difficult and daunting decision, but for many, the benefits of becoming a digital nomad outweigh the challenges. Here are some steps that someone might take to become a digital nomad. Assess your current financial situation and create a plan to save money for your travels. Identify your income sources and learn how to make money remotely. Research different destinations and cultures to find the places that align with your personal preferences and values. Start decluttering your life and simplify your possessions. Learn about the digital tools and resources that can help you work remotely. Start networking with other digital nomads, join communities and forums. Get your documents in order and make sure you have the necessary visa requirements and travel insurance. Pack a backpack with the essentials and be ready to go. A great place to start your new life as a digital nomad is to purchase a backpack and begin packing that backpack 
with only the basic essentials you will need to live and travel full-time out of your backpack. It's quite a challenge at first to include everything you need all in one backpack while still keeping the backpack light enough for long walking journeys, but it is possible. Once you finally have just what you need and only what you need all packed away in your backpack, you'll find that you lose the desire to accumulate anything else as more material possessions will literally weigh you down by making your load heavier. That's how I started. I purchased a backpack, made a list of only the essentials I needed that I could fit in my backpack and began to take short walks with a fully loaded backpack only away from home for a few hours. Then eventually those few hours away from home increased to being gone all day, just me and my backpack. During the day, while I was away from home with my backpack, I'd find a place where I could set up my cooking stove and actually cook my food, only using the food and cookware and utensils I was able to carry in my backpack. And what really gave me confidence is when I strapped on my backpack, walked out the door and found a place to camp overnight and did not return home until the next day. That was when I knew living full time out of a backpack was possible. At that point, I sold or gave everything away that would not fit in my backpack and began planning a trip to my first destination. That's all you need at first is to just pick out one destination and while at that destination, take time to ponder where your next destination will be. One difference between a digital nomad and a traveler, traveling just to travel, like someone on vacation, is that when you reach a destination, you make that destination your home until you choose to move to a new home. You may only stay a few days or few weeks, even a few months at your new destination, but eventually, you'll dream of a new place in the world you want to live and then set out for that new destination. It is important to note that each person's journey will be unique and the steps will vary depending on the individual's needs, financial situation, and preferences. It is also important to be aware of the challenges and be prepared to face them and be open to new experiences and adventures. Could you suggest the type backpack that would be best suited for a digital nomad? The right backpack is a very subjective and individual choice made by the person that will be using the backpack. I hesitate to provide a specific backpack recommendation as people have different physical builds and different items they plan to pack in their backpack. One backpack that might feel comfortable for one person might not feel comfortable for another person. I recommend you research online and in sporting goods stores for the best backpack for you and hopefully can try out the backpack before purchasing. Fortunately, the popularity of backpacks have led to competitive pricing and you should be able to find a backpack for you at a reasonable price. As a reference point, I'll offer some suggestions on what to look for in a backpack that would be used by a full-time traveling digital nomad. When choosing a backpack as a full-time digital nomad, it's important to consider a few key characteristics. Number 1. Durability. A backpack that is made with high-quality materials and construction is essential for withstanding the wear and tear of constant travel. Look for backpacks made with waterproof or water-resistant fabrics and reinforced stitching. Number 2. Size and capacity. The backpack should be large enough to hold all of your essentials, including a laptop, video camera, clothing, 
and toiletries, but not so large that it becomes cumbersome to carry. A capacity of 40 to 60 liters is generally a good range for a full-time digital nomad. Number 3. Comfort. A backpack that is comfortable to carry for extended periods of time is crucial. Look for backpacks with padded shoulder straps, a lumbar support, and a hip belt to distribute weight more evenly. Number 4. Accessibility. It's important to have easy access to the items you need most frequently, such as your passport and money. Look for backpacks with multiple compartments and pockets, so you can keep your items organized and easily accessible. Number 5. A hip belt and internal frame. A backpack with a hip belt and internal frame can help distribute the weight more evenly and make the backpack more comfortable to carry. A hip belt, specifically, can help transfer the weight of the backpack to your hips, thus reducing the strain on your shoulders. Number 6. Extra features like a built-in rain cover, lockable zippers, and a front panel access can be helpful to add extra security and protection to your belongings. And Number 7. If you plan to travel by air and want your backpack to be considered a carry-on bag, you'll want to check with the airline you plan on using for their weight and size maximums to be sure that your backpack can be considered a carry-on bag. Ultimately, the best backpack for a full-time digital nomad will depend on your individual needs and preferences. It's important to try on different backpacks and test them out before making a final decision to ensure that the backpack meets all of your needs, is comfortable, and is durable enough to withstand your travels. Before we close out this podcast episode, I have one last observation that I would like you to respond to. It seems like the focus of a lot of this podcast has been the symbolism and connection that a backpack has with being a digital nomad. What advice would you give to those people that for whatever reason, whether it be disabilities, physical condition, etc., are not able to carry a backpack on their back, but still would like to be a digital nomad. I don't want to leave anyone out that would like to be a digital nomad just because they are not able to carry a backpack for whatever reason. Also, if someone may not necessarily be a digital nomad, would you recommend they consider being a minimalist? And if so, how exactly would you describe the traits, habits, and goals of a true minimalist? Being a digital nomad and being a minimalist are two separate things, but they can overlap and complement each other. To answer your first question, I would advise individuals who are unable to carry a backpack to still pursue the digital nomad lifestyle by finding alternative ways to transport their belongings. This could include using a rolling suitcase, a backpack with wheels, or even hiring a personal assistant or courier service to transport their belongings for them. The most important thing is to find a solution that works for the individual and allows them to continue to travel and work remotely. As for being a minimalist, I would say that the traits, habits, and goals of a true minimalist are someone who focuses on living a simple and uncluttered life, with only the essentials. This can be achieved through decluttering physical possessions, simplifying daily routines, and being mindful of consumerism and the impact it has on the environment. A minimalist would also strive to prioritize experiences and relationships over material possessions, and focus on living in the present moment rather than constantly accumulating things for the future. Additionally, a minimalist would be mindful of the impact of their consumption on the environment and the world around them. Thank you for your time in sharing with us your life as a digital nomad.
For those wanting to learn more about some of the information shared in this podcast, information and links will be provided in the description area of this podcast or video. I'll close by sharing this ancient Irish prayer entitled, May the road rise up to meet you. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. That's all for now. Please visit our website, opportuno.org. Thank you.